Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to our update today, uh, May 7th, Alberta wildfire update. Today joining us is Colin Blair, spokesperson for the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. We're also joined by Chrissy Tucker, information unit manager with Alberta wildfire. Today's update will be operational details on the wildfires, as well as government's coordinated response. With that, I'll turn things over to Colin. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for your attention. I'm filling in for Stephen Lacroix today, who has been pulled away to operational duties due to recent escalation of the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre. Before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge the significant impact this emergency is having on the lives of many thousands of Albertans. This is a time for all Albertans to offer compassion to our neighbours who may be in the path of the wildfires. As announced yesterday, Alberta has declared a provincial state of emergency to support the safety, health and welfare of the people of our province. Additionally, as you heard yesterday, the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre, where Alberta's response is being coordinated, has moved from level 3 to level 4, our highest level. This new measure allows for the most comprehensive response to the serious situation we continue to face as a province. It will help us better coordinate the resources needed to protect Albertans and their communities and support those who have been adversely impacted by the events of the last number of days. As of a few minutes ago, there are 108 active wildfires burning throughout the province. More than 29,000 individuals have been evacuated from their homes to safe locations. While other communities are on evacuation alert and residents in those communities should be prepared to evacuate on short notice. At least 20 hosting communities and many individual Albertans have stepped up to help those fleeing the wildfires, supporting them in evacuation centres or other temporary accommodation. We continue to urge Albertans to check Alberta Wildfire Status Dashboard on alberta.ca for the latest information on these and other wildfires. And again, we encourage Albertans to visit emergencyalberta.alberta.ca or download the Alberta Emergency Alert application to access the most up-to-date information on emergency procedures and find out the location of reception centres. Support for these individuals are available and evacuees should register at the reception centre identified for their community so staff can quickly assist them and connect them with the resources they need. I want to stress that many of you want to know the extent of damage. At this time, reports are still coming in. In some cases, ongoing smoke and fire conditions prevent us from fully assessing property loss and until we can do that, we are limited in the details we can provide. We know structures have been lost, but our first priority is protecting lives and dealing with the emergency response, first and foremost. Our number one priority is the safety of human lives, and we will provide more details on the extent of damage in the days ahead as we confirm with affected municipalities. While there are many communities and individuals being impacted by wildfires, I'm going to provide an update on 10 communities at greatest risk. I'll go, th I'll go through each of these community by community and tell you the number of people evacuated and provide you other details about the efforts to keep Albertans safe through wildfire conditions. This information is current as of 3 p.m. today, but be aware that the conditions are rapidly changing and Albertans should monitor their local community channels for the latest information. 
The first community is Edson Middle Lake Provincial Recreation Area. At this time, over 8,000 people have been evacuated and evacuee reception centers are open in Hinton at the Dr. Duncan Murray Recreation Center and in Jasper at the Jasper Fitness and Aquatic Center. Critical power and electricity infrastructure is being threatened and a current priority is the protection of the substation which powers both Hinton and Jasper. Community two, Evansburg, Entwistle, Wildwood and Hansonville. This is part of the uh, Deep Creek complex and at this time 1,270 people have been evacuated and those evacuees should register at the Wabaman Jubilee Hall at 5132 53rd Avenue in Wabaman. There have been approximately 21 structures that have been damaged in Hansonville, Lobstick and Wildwood areas. Community three is Fox Lake, which is Wildfire Pasque. The reception centers are located at the high level and Fort Vermilion arenas where 1,476 Fox Lake residents and 3,600 residents of the Little Red River Cree Nation have already been evacuated. At least 20 homes, a store, and the local RCMP station have been destroyed. All evacuees are currently accounted for. Community number four, Rainbow Lake Community. We currently do not have any information on how many people have been evacuated, and evacuees should register in high level at the high level arena which is located at 10101-105 Avenue. I'll say that again, that's 10101-105 Avenue and high level. The fifth community is Drayton Valley and Brazu County. We have 7,200 people that have been evacuated with approximately 1,000 of them sheltering at the Edmonton Expo Center. Community six is the Ochis Reserve. 80 people have been evacuated and a reception center is open at the Rocky Regional Recreation Center. We know of one home that's been destroyed. The County of Grand Prairie. More than 470 people have been evacuated. The county is evacuating residents within 10 kilometers of the fire, including some that are in the south part of the county, as well as oil and gas facilities in the area. Evacuees should report to the Bonnets Energy Center located at 100199 Avenue in Grand Prairie for support and resources. The reception center will remain open overnight. And I'll just say that address again. That's uh, 100199 Avenue in Grand Prairie. The eighth community is Clear Hills. Residents of Clear Hills are asked to stay on alert and be prepared to evacuate. Community nine, which is a number of communities which are part of the Grizzly Complex, and this one is uh, currently moving towards High Prairie. There are 385 residents of the East Prairie Métis Settlement, the Anilda and Banana Belt communities of Big Lakes that have been evacuated. There have been major impacts to homes. However, smoke is preventing an assessment. Community number 10 is High Prairie and High Prairie residents have been told to be prepared to evacuate within, within one hour or less. If an evacuation order is issued, a reception center will be opened in Slave Lake. Again, I encourage Albertans to check the wildfire status dashboard and visit emergencyalberta.alberta.ca or download the Alberta Emergency Alert app. Please continue to monitor for alerts through television and radio as well. For those evacuees who require assistance, 
they can call 310-4455 for wildfire and evacuee related information. Again, that's 310-4455. Finally, I would like to stress that evacuees with special needs who are unable to stay in an evacuation centre can request emergency financial assistance to cover hotel accommodation. Special needs could include having a disability, a medical condition, or other family needs. To request help, visit an Alberta Support Centre or call the Income, Income Support Contact Centre at 1-866-644-5135. I'll repeat that number again, that's 1-866-644-5135. We're continuing to work closely with partners in all levels of government to deliver emergency supports as the situation continues to evolve and change. So please listen to all local officials and obey any evacuation orders that you may receive. Before I conclude, I'd like to acknowledge the cooperative nature of Alberta's municipalities, communities, Indigenous peoples, and individual Albertans banding together to support those in need. It is a time to demonstrate the kindness and collective resilience of our, our province is known for. Thank you, and I will now hand it over to Christy. Thank you, Colin. I'll give you a brief uh, update on the wildfire situation today. As Colin mentioned, at the moment there are 108 wildfires burning in Alberta. 31 of those are out of control. And in the last 24 hours, we noted 16 new wildfire starts. The total area of the province burned this year has now passed 375,000 hectares. Today we've seen some light scattered showers in the southern part of the province uh, as far north as Fox Creek. Uh, the good news is that it did have an impact on fire behavior today in that area. It allowed firefighters to get a chance to work on the areas of some wildfires that they haven't been able to get close to because of extreme wildfire behavior. Uh, we're expecting this trend to continue over the next couple of days with cooler temperatures and higher humidity helping firefighters who are working in the south and central part of the province. Unfortunately, in the north of the province, they will continue to be challenged with the conditions that they're seeing. Our priorities today have been and always are wildfires that are threatening communities or human lives. And we're prioritizing a number of fires. I'll just list a few, but there are a significant number of communities affected. Uh, we're prioritizing the wildfire near Edson, EWF 031, the Grizzly Complex uh, that Col uh, Colin mentioned, threatening East Prairie Métis settlement, uh, the Deep Creek Complex around Evansburg and Swissel, Wildwood and Hansonville, and the Pasca Wildfire at Fox Lake. I'm pleased to say uh, firefighters arrived yesterday from Quebec and Ontario and they're being sent across the province to help us with our priority wildfires. An incident management team is arriving today from British Columbia and they will be taking over the wildfire near Edson and the Pembina complex in northern Rocky Mountain House area. We have requests in with our partners at the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre as well as partners in the United States uh, for more help, uh, which we're hoping will arrive in the week ahead. So to recap today, 
Uh, conditions have given firefighters an opportunity to fight some of the wildfires that have been challenging because of extreme wildfire behavior. We're focusing our efforts on wildfires threatening communities. We have resources arriving daily and more on the way, and we're all working hard to keep Albertans and our community safe. Uh, I'll now move to Q&A portion. Uh, we'll start here in the room. If there's any reporters that have questions here in the room, please use the microphone. Uh, please identify your name and outlet, and uh, one question, one follow. Hi there, Janet French from the CBC. Um, we've heard a lot, and you briefly addressed this, I think this is probably from Mr. Blair, um, from evacuees who are saying that they're really having trouble getting information, accurate information, enough information about evacuation alerts and orders um, about how long that they could potentially be displaced from their communities and like you said about the impacts in the communities where they live so what are some of the what's so what's stopping the conveyance of answering some of these questions getting this information to evacuees well thanks for the question Janet I think the first thing is uh, I would urge that uh, Evacuees do get in touch with the with the evacuation center that uh, they've been asked to go to. Um, we do have about uh, five thousand folks that have gone through evacuation centers, so that's about twenty percent of evacuees have uh, have actually gone to a reception center. So it's important for them to go in and register and uh, and put forward their questions. Uh, I would say, given the magnitude of this, this event and the fact that it's unprecedented. We're, we're still in early days and a significant part of this is going to be the actual wildfire situation that's going to dictate any future steps for any of the municipalities. So the province does want to make sure that we're supporting the municipalities and uh, I do hear you on your comments and we will circle back on some of the specific questions that we're getting to try and support the municipalities with that information. I hope today's presentation helps out with some of that information. I also wanted to ask about some of the alerts and notifications that have been coming out over the past few days. There seems to be some inconsistencies there. You know, they'll show up on one device and not the other. Uh, the evacuation information will be on the web page, but not the not the apps, or in the app, but not the web page. Um, can you explain why some of this is happening and what work, if any, is is taking place to try and make these uh, these notifications more consistent? That's a great question, Janet. And I don't, I don't have a specific response to you. Uh, we'll take it back to our team. I know that we uh, are supported with a national system, so we are working through some of that bugs. And I think it's critical for us to make sure that the information is consistent. So we'll follow up on that. Thank you. Hi, Kendra Slagoski with Global News in Edmonton. Uh, you did speak to some of the structures that have been lost. I know there are some challenges uh, seeing uh, some of the destruction that is out there, but can you again just tell us what you know so far, how many you have counted so far, what area seems to be hardest hit, and the area you are most concerned about uh, right now? Because we are hearing from people in rural parts uh, around Wildwood and so on that say they are staying on their properties um, trying to protect what they have. Very good question. Uh, I think uh, if I had to go through everything again, uh, because we have so many communities that are impacted, um, it would take me a bit of time to provide you with a consolidated report on that. Uh, the conditions right now in many of these communities are actually preventing us from getting uh, accurate uh, numbers. And I, I think uh, as time uh, 
goes on, we're going to be able to get uh, back into these communities and working closely with the municipalities to get a better picture of this. So I'll just conclude with, you know, our focus right now collectively as a province is to, is to make sure that we've got life safety taken care of and, uh, and of course, supporting municipalities and, uh, and the collective response community in, uh, in trying to get control of the situation. And I just wanted to follow up with highway closures, also hearing from people who are, are, are trying to leave but uh, facing roadblocks. And um, can, can you speak to that? Are, are, are people uh, essentially being, being trapped on run ro road to be turned around to another? What are you hearing from people who are, are running into uh, the actual roadblocks? So I would, uh, I would urge Albertans to have a look at uh, 511. Uh, transportation does have an app. Uh, it is up to date. It provides the status of the road networks in the province. So I would urge you to get that app and, uh, and have a look at it. If you are making plans on traveling anywhere uh, in the impacted areas, uh, there are a number of road closures and, uh, and that app is up to date. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll go to the phones next. Operator, can you put through the first question? Jessica Rod, CTV. Hi there, thanks for taking my question. Um, I was speaking with someone up in Little Red River Cree Nation not long ago, and they told me that the province, that they heard from the province that 44 structures um, have been destroyed. I'm just wondering if you have that number with you and if it is uh, 44. Hi, Jessica. No, I do not have that number. I would have to verify that. And I would just suggest, given the fluidity of the, uh, of the situation and the fact that uh, a number of these fires are, are not under control, that uh, it, it would be a bit premature. And we would likely have to, I will call it date timestamp, uh, any number that we would put forward on the status of structures. Do you have a follow, Jessica? I do, yeah, and I'm just wondering for an update in the size of that fire up in Fox Lake and um, if it is still considered to be out of control. Jessica, it was Fox Lake you were wondering on? Yeah. That's the Pasqua fire. Um, the size uh, is currently updated at 16,390 hectares. Uh, unfortunately, that fire is still classified as out of control. Okay, thank you. Operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Alex McQuaid. Question producer. My call. Um, I understand uh, your agency priority is, is, is human lives right now, but I'm just wondering, in, is part of the, you know, uh, dealing with an emergency this size and over this uh, area, is it, is it within your uh, planning uh, to deal with um, evacuating livestock, or is that solely a municipality uh, jurisdiction issue? So the, the way the system works is that uh, we, we look to municipalities to manage the events within their boundaries. Given the fact that uh, we're now at a provincial state of emergency, we do have representatives from irrigation and agriculture in our provincial emergency coordination center. I do not have a specific response to your question, uh, but we do know that uh, the, uh, the management and handling of livestock in this situation is, uh, is important. And um, 
I think uh, I will, will follow up with them. I, as I said, I don't have a specific answer to that right now. Alex, do you have a follow-up? Yeah, and uh, what's that? Do you have any specific messages for, obviously, uh, for, for ranchers or anyone dealing with livestock? Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the kind of 30 minutes, you know, moving livestock is logistically challenging at the best of times. In an emergency, it's, it can be, obviously, even harder. I mean, is there any... Um, any advice for for livestock producers? Yeah, so I think uh, the advice that I would give the producers is to make sure that uh, that the the municipality is aware of their situation. I think it's important for them to provide that uh, information to uh, if if they have been evacuated to an evacuation center, uh, so that we can we can get a better idea of what's going on. I know that. Uh, the irrigation and agriculture folks are connected with the associations, so there is another avenue there to provide that situational awareness. Thanks, Colin. Uh, operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Carrie Take, Wilbur Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. I'm wondering if someone can talk about the difference between this year's or this current uh, fire cycle with fires everywhere. Versus when you're dealing, when you're fighting fires where you have one or two big ones on the go at a time, like Fort McMurray or Slave Lake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's a there's a certain set of skills uh, that we put into place fighting a fire in any season, and of course, our our firefighters and teams are prepared for that every year. Uh, some years you do get an extraordinary year. Uh, we saw that in 2016 when Fort McMurray and the Horse River uh, wildfire was threatening the, uh, the city. And uh, we've seen it again, but of a different flavor. Um, people have called this uh, season certainly uh, unprecedented in recent memory when we have so many fires so spread out. And it's because we've seen unprecedented conditions this spring. People remember how unseasonably warm it has been in the last uh, week or so leading up to to this uh, series of wildfire events. So uh, it's been an unusual year. We approach it as we always do uh, with our priorities intact, uh, number one always being communities and, and human life and making sure that we uh, call in the additional resources that we need as soon as we've assessed the, the severity of the situation. and. Uh, and fight a number of, of rapidly changing wildfires across the province. Do you have a follow-up, Carrie? Yes, thank you. I'm wondering if you can give us an idea of what the province intends to request from the federal government. What do you need? As far as firefighting resources? Um, emergency assistance of uh, whatever would be your shopping list. Well, I, we work actually through the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre, which is uh, an agency of um, fellow firefighting agencies across the country. So we make our requests not through the federal government, but through what we call SIFSI. And uh, we let them know as soon as we've assessed our need, uh, and they will reach out to the individual agencies. So I know there are uh, hundreds of uh, firefighters uh, requested at the moment, and I know that they are working on it. We're also working with colleagues in the United States through the Northwest Compact and uh, firefighters uh, available and uh, hopefully coming to help us soon from uh, fellow pro um, states such as Montana uh, and 
areas that we have gone to help in the past. But we really rely on these direct relationships that we have with our mutual aid uh, agencies. Uh, we help each other out when we've got a time in need. So uh, it's an ever-changing situation, and we have uh, experts on the ground assessing what our needs are at all times. And it changes moment to moment, and we are in constant contact with the people who can help us gather those resources. Thanks, uh, thanks Christy. Uh, operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Jeremy Thompson, CTV Edmonton. Some uh, leaders with the uh, AUPE about concerns they have about uh, sort of a shortage of, of Alberta firefighters, especially a shortage of experienced uh, Alberta firefighters and leading to sort of greater workload and more stress for, for those, those folks who are out there right now fighting these fires. Um, even saying that, that uh, for some reason this year the, um, the training for these new recruits is sort of aimed to time out so that they are ready to go like a little later this week, like May 9th, as opposed to in the past when maybe the firefighters have been trained in time for sort of early April. He says that there are actually some uh, recruits still in school in Indian right now. Can you, can you confirm that? Like how, how many uh, firefighters are, that could be out fighting fires right now are in training right now? Um, Jeremy, I can't confirm exact numbers of uh, how many firefighters are in training currently, but I can tell you it is, uh, it's a staggered process, uh, and it is the same uh, every year in that we hire uh, firefighters on an ongoing basis and train them on an ongoing basis. So there's no set time that all of our firefighters are on board and ready. It's ever evolving and it, it happens uh, in the springtime and we ensure that people start getting trained up and ready to work early on. And certainly our legislated start of fire season is March 1st and, uh, and that's when we start getting our uh, firefighters together um, placed, trained and ready to go. Do you have a follow-up, Jeremy? Okay. Yeah, and so I guess would you would you sort of dispute the the notion that that there is a shortage right now of, of local firefighters? Like he's, he's even saying, like especially within the last few years, there's been a number of cuts to um, firefighting programs and forestry management programs that uh, has motivated some experienced folks to to you know take their services and their their skills to BC or other provinces rather than Alberta. Uh, I guess, do you see that, um, that you see that, and, and, and do you consider that to be a shortage? I would never speculate on, on any of the um, actions or, or budget actions that have been taken over the last few years. I can tell you that we do have a, a great many experienced firefighters who have been with us for many years, and they're passing their experience on to a lot of uh, people who are keen to join uh, Alberta Wildfire and, and help out their community, particularly when they see what's happening across the province. Uh, we get a lot of people um, coming forward who want to be part of the, the firefighting effort. Okay, thank you. I see no more questions in the queue. Any more from the floor? Okay. I just wanted to follow up again. What do you say to uh, some of the rural residents who, who've been telling us they feel somewhat abandoned? I, I know you talked about prioritizing, but uh, what do you say to those people who, who feel like they're, they're not getting the help they need to, to douse those flames? I guess the first thing I would like to say is um, uh, I've got a great sense of gratitude for them for 
following the evacuation orders. Uh, this is a very significant life event to be taken out of your home as a result of a wildfire. Uh, I would ask them to be patient. Um, we are working on this collectively and uh, we do want to give everybody hope that we're going to be moving this in a direction where we can get back people back into their homes as quickly as possible. But fundamentally, we, we do have to wait for the, the wildfires to get under control before we can start making those steps. So I would just reiterate, I, I ask for patience and we'll work uh, collectively with the municipalities to get the information to them. And Christy, just to follow up, you had mentioned, um, uh, you know, some, some showers uh, south and central that help, but still uh, no help in the north. Can you just elaborate that perhaps get any or, or enough moisture, if, if any, up there? Yes, the, uh, the conditions that we've seen over the last few days, which have made, um, made things very challenging for firefighters across the province, uh, have been alleviated by some um, precipitation and humidity that we've seen in the south, but on, up north it's still very dry. We're still seeing winds and we're seeing, expecting a continuation of those kind of conditions that can lead to extreme wildfire behavior. Hi, Janet again from the CBC. Um, I think my questions are for Christy. Um, we just mentioned the north, the fire activity in the north, um, and the weather not being very cooperative. Um, but in further south, and I guess more central Alberta, the sort of cooler weather and some precipitation, how much of a turning point would you say that is for uh, the ability to control those fires? Well, I can, I can tell you when we see extreme wildfire behavior, uh, like we have seen in the last few days, it can present challenges that would make it unsafe for firefighters to be in direct proximity with the flame. Um, when we talk about prioritizing safety and human life, that includes our folks as well. So we have to be sure that uh, firefighters are going to remain and be able to fight the fire as safely as possible. When we see that uh, lifting in, in conditions, a little bit of humidity and coolness, it means that our firefighters can actually get a little closer to areas of the fire they had not been able to get into before. And, uh, and that can be very big for us. That can be a great opportunity to be able to take action uh, in an area that, that uh, uh, we can really want to focus on. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to see, take a, take a, um, make the most of a break in the weather uh, to really get in there and, and dig away at areas that we want to focus on. Um, we have a lot of resources at our fingertips. We have uh, aircraft, uh, helicopters, uh, all sorts of, of tools to fight fire, but the thing that really puts out the flames is boots on the ground. So we're grateful to be able to get those firefighters in there. We're grateful to be bringing on uh, more firefighters from across the country. Uh, it's early in the season for us, and it's early in the season for everybody. So uh, we're happy to be able to get this cooperation from our colleagues across the country and ensure that we have all the resources we need who can tackle uh, these fires while we have a break. Just an, another follow-up question for you on the resources from other jurisdictions. You mentioned Montana and Northwest Territories. When you're saying you want hundreds of firefighters to come to Alberta, like how many hundreds? Can you quantify that for us? And what about equipment? Are you asking for uh, additional equipment from any other jurisdiction, and what are you asking for? Uh, 
I don't have an itemized list right now because those conversations are ongoing and they, uh, they happen uh, all the time. So I know, uh, I know our, our colleagues internationally are very eager and able to help out Alberta. Uh, many of them come with their own equipment, which is uh, um, much appreciated. And we know that they have the training and skills to be able to fight fire in this province. And we ourselves have helped them when they've had difficult situations. We've had firefighters go around the world when needed. Uh, that's how the firefighting community works. Uh, we all have difficult seasons at different times, and we're all there to support each other uh, through these agreements in order to, to help each other out. And uh, no one jurisdiction can predict exactly what kind of firefighting season they will have, and that's why we have these resources available to move around where they're most needed. Okay, operator, we'll go to the phones for one last question. Tina Kennedy, Daily Herald. Hi, sorry, thank you. Have any firefighters been injured? Uh, not to my knowledge. I'm, I'm very happy to say, uh, as far as I know, no Albertans, including firefighters, uh, have been uh, severely injured uh, in this uh, firefighting effort. Okay, do you have a follow-up question? No, that's good, thank you. Okay, and then just, I think, uh, one more, and then that, that'll be it. Operator, go through the next caller, please. Jeremy Thompson, CTV Edmonton. Hi there. I just forgive me if I'm a little out of date on this one, but I'm just uh, wondering if there's an update on the Strathcona County uh, fires as well. The Strathcona F County fires, uh, those are the ones that were affecting Entwistle and no, Evansburg? No, no? no? Strathcona County. Yeah, oh. yeah that would be a mutual Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can look and see if I can uh, dig up some details for you and uh, we'll send them over. I don't have anything. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think there, there had been like, a, like, I think a few hundred maybe or about a hundred people evacuated kind of just west of Edmonton, I or just uh, east of Edmonton, I believe. So yeah, just looking for an update there. Yeah, so I don't have the uh, numbers in front of me. Uh, I, I will verify those and get them out to you. Well, thanks, everyone. That uh, concludes today's news conference.